Lambert und Karl-Heinz Riedle 1 zu 0 für Borussia Dortmund. meine Damen und Herren. So welcome back to another German football podcast. Um, back with me, Roy and Ronan. Ronan, as well, a special one today. We've got a couple of guests on today. Uh, we're going to start with our kind of crossover, and um, we've got the Zweite Bundesliga podcast um, hosts on today. So Matthew and Ava, uh, how are you doing, guys? You doing well? Tired, very tired, but excited to be here. Oh. Yeah, equally tired. It's uh, evening for me, morning for Matthew, but we're both kind of tired. But uh, yeah, very excited to be here, definitely. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, we've got three different time zones on this call today uh, with like UK time, Central European time and obviously Australian time. So it's a bit of a, bit of a strange one to get going, but it's all good. Matthew, unfortunately, had the, the, the worst of it with the half five start, but um, I'm sure I'm sure he'll enjoy himself. He'll be fine. So we're just going to uh, kick things on. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to hear you guys talking about the Bundesliga because it's a lot of, um, obviously, you're just Zweite Liga. Um, so that's interesting to see. And the fact you both support uh, Bundesliga sides at the moment as well. So it'll be interesting to hear your take on that. But I think the best way to start, Ronan, is maybe go with um, Bay Val Bay. It's been a lot going on in Dortmund over the weekend. What's your, what was your initial thoughts, Ronan, um, of Favre finally losing his job? I watched the game and, well, Stuttgart, I think I put in our group chat like 15, 20 minutes into the game. I think it was still nil-nil at the time. I was like, Stuttgart are battering Dortmund here. And then I kind of thought Dortmund would eventually grow into the game, but they never. Stuttgart were by far the better team. And, well, when you suffer a defeat like that, when you're kind of already behind Bayern, there's no real way back for the manager. Something, I suppose, has to change. Yeah, and um, Matthew, you, I mean, you're looking at it from a blue uh, point of view here, you know, a Schalke fan. Were you happy to see the Favre leaving or um, are you kind of, like, do you, do you feel for the club in any way just because of, like, how well, like, I think Favre was, there was, he didn't do anything completely wrong. I think he, he built them to a certain stage that he could take them to. Um, I mean, what, what was your kind of thoughts on Favre leaving? I think... At the time, and you look at the situation in Dortmund, it was probably going to happen. Uh, he, I, feel, I feel as if the club was too big for the, his ideology and the way he wanted to play. And he didn't give enough answers to really suggest that he was going to turn things around. And you get into the same kind of mentality where at the start of every season... Everyone expects it's going to be Dortmund, it'll be Leipzig, maybe Leverkusen or Gladbach that will enter the title fray. And then Dortmund will play a few games in the season where they should beat teams. You look at the game against Köln, for example. On paper, they should send Köln to the shadow realm. They don't. Then they played Stuttgart last weekend and they were absolutely destroyed against, you know, a side that is very well coached from Pellegrino Matarazzo. Um so I think the timing's right. They needed to, they needed a change. Will uh, Eden Terzic turn things around and make them a more enjoyable team to watch and, you know, far more aggressive than the passive style of football they've been playing recently? That's to be determined. Yeah, um, and you mentioned Terzic there. I mean, Eva, you, you will have seen the starting 11 that he's put out for, as we record, for tonight's game. 
Now, what do you think of that? He's completely changed it. I mean, he started Makoko for his first um, start. Do you think he's um, just trying to see... I mean, he's been in the club for a while, but do you think he's just trying to put his own perspective on it to make it different from Favre? Well, I think one part that plays into that decision is that we have a, have midweek terms or midweek games. So um, that's definitely, yeah, might be one way to change a starting 11 anyway. So we see that in, in a couple of teams. I wouldn't put that solely on the change of manager. Yeah. But of course, um, you could see, I mean, Dortmund has an amazing team, actually. I mean, they have... People like Bellingham, Reyna, Haaland. Of course, Haaland is out at the moment. But um, yeah, you always had the feeling that with all the talent Dortmund has, they kind of didn't really shine under Favre as they could. I mean, uh, Haaland is probably a player. It doesn't matter how bad you're so bad and not not meant that way that Favre is a bad coach. But um doesn't matter how good your coach is he still performs and but you have other players like for example Bellingham and Reyna who are very young and they really need of course Haaland is young as well but they really need someone to guide them to give them a good position on pitch and maybe Terzic is going to do that at least for the next couple of months I mean Dortmund really has to look out for a new coach I mean um they they should really start looking for them. And I mean, they always look for a second club, I believe. Um, I would really love to see Marco Rosa there, although um, he has a tough season at the moment or a tough couple of weeks with Gladbach because of Champions League and he doesn't have the same squad he would have with Dortmund but I really like his way of playing and I think just human wise so just um, the human he characterizes would really bring back someone who does help Dortmund just um, yeah re-winning their fans as well because um, I think you can say a lot about Bosch, Tuchel and Favre but there are no coaches that really win the hearts of your fans. Yeah definitely you know you, you pick up um, there on like bringing Rosa in um, what, what's the rest of you guys kind of thoughts of who should come in or who you think may be the best part, um, manager to come in uh, to kind of suit that um, Dortmund team that's going to like um, Eva said actually nurture the young players and take them somewhere um, like Matthew who are you thinking I mean there's obviously Jesse Marsh has been floated around Pochettino who I don't think would probably be a good fit um, but who's, who's, who's kind of first in line for you to come in I do agree with Eva that Rosa would be and should be the number one person on their list. But I do like the concept of Jesse Marsh getting the opportunity. He's done a really, really good um, job at RB Salzburg. They play some very good, attractive football. Obviously, they play in a very competitive Austrian league, which they eventually end up winning. Um but yeah, I think that he's done a very good job in terms of development. You you go from the MLS to the Austrian Bundesliga, and there's obviously a massive jump in in the quality. And you know he's learning. He's clearly shown that he's very interested in developing his coaching attire. And he had that. We can't forget that he had the year um, as an assistant at Leipzig. So I, I would like that as a as a good situation. But it also we will actually see in a really pressure cooker situation, if Marsh has the sort of 
ability to to bring in a team with all the pressure that comes with being at Dortmund. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think for me, Marsh would probably be the better option for the go to as well with Rosa. It's kind of they've kind of is when at the start of the season, I felt like when they were talking about Favre if he was going to continue, they didn't feel like there was many options. But I think Rosa has shown again this season that what he's done with Clyde back in the Champions League that he can maybe take that step to Dortmund and take, go somewhere with them. And then it's the same with Marsh because they again they weren't too bad in Champions League running um, Salzburg. Um, so what's, what's your kind of thoughts? Obviously, people have been floating, uh, floating around the idea of Nagelsmann, but I don't think that would happen. Uh, I just think it would be a, a bit of a strange side. Like not, maybe not sideways move, but he's he's got a project at Leipzig and he's only been there for so long. I mean, what's your kind of thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, I'm the same as the other two guys there. Just where Jesse Marsh was the first name that I think came to mind for myself, but just on Marco Rosa, Gladbach, I've just scored twice in the 90th minute <laughs> against Frankfurt. And Lars Dindle's got a hat-trick. Oh, um, no, don't say that. I, I was saying to Ron and earlier, guys, but um, I, I, I forgot it was an early kickoff. <laughs> Didn't change my fantasy team. And Stindle is on my bench. So I've He's got missing a lot of points right now. Uh, um, <laughs> so that's, this is not a great start to the pod already uh, for me. So that's not great. But um, good to see Gladbach have um, came back in that game. Uh, but yeah, just on the manager kind of point of view, which, do you think do you just in agreement saying that Rose is the one to, to go for? He's the one that should make their prime target. And should it be from now? Or sh- obviously, they've got, they've got clause, he's got clause in his at the end of the season um, in Gladbach. But should he, should, he, should he go from now? Or should they keep with Terzic until the summer? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's been spoken that Terrace might stay until the end of the season and then Dortmund will appoint then. And I don't know if they're going to make an appointment straight away. So it's quite an interesting one. But, I mean, with the, the Nagelsmann situation, I don't see him going there. I think his project, he's got a Leipzig, is working well. And, you know, they've qualified through a really difficult Champions League group. They're going, probably arguably, doing better than Dortmund in the league as well. So it's it would be a strange time to to make that jump from Leipzig to Dortmund. Um, but yeah, I think Marsh and, and Rose are the ones that mainly stand out to myself. Yeah. Um, and just see if you look at, do you think Favre wasn't helped much? Like, Ava, I'll bring you in here. Do you think Favre wasn't helped much by like the, the, the behind the scenes at Dortmund? You know, like if you look at the summer, they surely needed a striker and surely Favre is an experienced trainer that he is, would know that he needs another striker. If Haaland gets injured, Haaland got injured. He was, he's having to bring through Makoko. He just turned 16. You know, you're, you're asking a lot for young players at uh, Dortmund. Do you think that maybe wasn't helped for him this season? That he maybe didn't have that strength? You know, you saw, you've seen Chan Delaney playing at centre back as well. You know, he, do you think he wasn't back this season at all? Well, very difficult question because with COVID and stuff, even clubs like Dortmund do have to look out. I mean, that was um, sad before we even went into the summer break that this uh, transfer window will be kind of different to the years before. And I think you could see that throughout the leagues, especially in Germany. Um, the thing is, I think you always have the feeling that Michael Zog, for example, um, isn't really one talking players and publicly but on the other hand Aki Vatska might be 
Um, he he's maybe uh, the Dortmund version of Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, you could say, in a way, um, just from the way he presents himself. Um, but I, you kind of have the feeling Favre isn't really being supported in the club for quite some while now. And they maybe thought, well, it's COVID, don't really want to start the season with a new coach. But I mean, um, the thing is really Dortmund has to look out what they want to do, what they want to be in Germany. Do they want to be a challenger for, for the first place, which is really, really difficult against Bayern? Um, do they want to be um, number two? Are they challenging Leipzig to be number two? So that's really something they need to look out for. And I have the feeling that, I mean, Favre stood there after a draw and said, well, it's not that bad. And you kind of had the feeling he doesn't really cope with all the pressure that is coming his way. So that might be a reason why Dortmund decided in the end, okay, we can't go through that season. Probably would have been his last season at Dortmund anyway, um, but decided to let him go. Uh, really difficult to re get into the insides of Dortmund, but um, I did have the feeling that they thought they have a good squad this season. I mean, especially they... Uh, they rely a lot on people like Mukoko and Bellingham. And you could see Bellingham in the game against Stuttgart. He did make a lot of mistakes, but he's only, he's very, very young. So that's completely fine. It's not very fair to put so much pressure on people like Reyna, although he's a brilliant player, on Haaland as well, on Bellingham. So they, that's probably one of the biggest problems Dortmund has at the moment. And that's probably um, what is the difference between them and Bayern as well. Yeah, Matthew, I'll bring you in this one. Just if you, so you talk about the pressure for Bayern, do you think obviously with um, what Ball kind of said, Rose is probably the, the main candidate to go for. I think the last couple of times I remember watching Gladbach against Bayern, they actually played really well, really good football against them. Do you think that if you give Rosa the what Dortmund have, that he could be, he will, he won't be scared of that pressure. Maybe the Fabra couldn't handle, like Eva was saying there. You know, it's that pressure. Do you think Rosa will come in and be able to deal with that pressure with Bayern and try and push them? Because at the moment, I, I, I mean, tell me a club in the world that could probably deal with. Uh, Bayern consistently over a full season, maybe Liverpool at the moment. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like, so do you think that Rose is going to have that confidence to go and challenge Bayern like this? Well, I think if you've looked over the last few years, you pencil down the fixture when they play at the Allianz Arena as really the catalyst of where things tend to go wrong for Dortmund. Um, I recall a few years ago when they had uh, Amazon Prime Video filming behind the scenes um, for their documentary. They spoke about the mentality and all this other stuff. And then they got pumped 5-0 at the Allianz Arena and they looked like absolute pure mediocre. As we've seen with the Rosa coach side. And, and I think that's a Gladback thing as well. Even when like Favre was there and, and before that, they were able to, um, for some reason, Gladbach have some sort of measure against Bayern and, and Bayern don't tend to match up well with the way that Gladbach has set up. And and I think that would work for, for a Rosa coach Dortmund side. You just, all you have is more quality in terms of your personnel. 
Um, so I think I think in the in that general sense, Dortmund would be a better side under Rose's Biden. I feel as if we would still have the same kind of expect Dortmund to do this thing. And it doesn't even if they beat Bayern twice a season, if you can't beat the teams that you should beat, like a few times this season, you're not you're really putting yourself out running anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. Like I think Ron and me spoken about before as well. You know, just that consistency over the rest of the season um, is. Do you think that's going to be the biggest challenge for anyone coming in? Yeah, it looks like it um, because they've shown this season that they've slipped up in the games that you know people probably thought they might. You know, Stuttgart. I think we said how impressed we've been by them, and that was a game they didn't just slip up in. I mean, it was a lot worse than that. Um, so it's kind of transpired from even being even more like more than a slip up uh, in that sense. But yeah, that's the consistency they've really been missing. And also those big games that Matthew spoke about, like the Dortmund ones, it's ones where they seem to be constantly coming out on the wrong side of, no matter how close they are to Bayern, it seems to be, you know, that final hurdle, they're just not quite getting over it yet. So um, possibly the change of direction could be the best thing for them to try and go that one step further with, you know, a big name. Aye, definitely. I mean, things aren't looking... Hopefully things will get better over in Dortmund, but at the moment, just they, they're going they're going to have to go through this tough transitional period. And I mean, if there's any doubt, or if there was any doubt that Bayern maybe like were slipping because of how many games they were playing, how tired the players were getting, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty much going to go and win this Bundesliga now, aren't they? Because unless... Leverkusen can keep what, up what they're doing. Um, Dortmund aren't really going to challenge them anymore. I don't think I think it's going to be too much of a transitional period for the rest of the season. Uh, but we'll, we'll move on from Dortmund now because we've spent quite a bit talking about uh, Dortmund. And the, one of the main reasons for getting you guys on this weekend, or this week, sorry, was that it's the big game, Arminia Bielefeld versus Schalke. It's the Zweite Bundesliga, Bundesliga derby. <laughs> If that made any sense. Um, so we'll, we'll bring you guys in first. Um, I mean, Ava, what's it like talking about um, Armenia not on this Vital Business League podcast? Is it, is it going to be strange? Because you've, you've been for the past couple of seasons and it's always been Armenia in this Vital League and now he's in the Bundesliga and you're not spoken about them for so long now. Is it strange talking about them again? No, not that much because I have been on a couple of podcasts since, uh, not not in English that much, but okay. I have been on a couple of podcasts since and um, talking about them. It doesn't make it easy. I have well. to <laughs> talk about them every week as well because it apparently doesn't really get better except of like two or three games. Uh. Yeah, it's. Um, I do wish for Zweite Bundesliga back uh, after... I don't know for one crushes against uh, Bayern or like uh, a two-one defeat to Leverkusen. Where do where do we um in which we don't even get a shot on goal? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you, Leverkusen for that one. <laughs> um, yeah, that is really easy for me in a way. I mean, I have been a Bielefeld fan for quite some time now, um, but in a way that you can't even say. Well, I'm in the stadium and we're losing like, I don't know, 2-0, 3-0 to any other side that is not only on paper, but individually much better than us. Um, it's a bit sad and it takes the emotions away a bit because now you sit in front of the TV every week and you're like, yeah, yeah, here we go again. <laughs> like that meme. Um, so it's uh, it's 
not the same like when I talked about them or Armenia in general in the in the Zweite Bundesliga podcast um because it's a very weird season <laughs> yeah would you would you say they're like they're they're pretty much in the realistic position that they should be uh, because obviously and is it also disappointing that it's happened this this season with the whole COVID restrictions so it's hampered anything like signings and things like this um do you think it's disappointing that the, the promotion happened for this year um, and like obviously you want to be promoted to Bundesliga but would you rather just you, you stuck in for another season and you know you were still winning games and you weren't worried about um, a COVID Bundesliga season? Well I have been asked this question quite a lot now um, and it's always very difficult to answer because on the one hand um, you can never say like when I would say, okay, I take another season where we definitely get promoted. The thing is, you can't say that. So saying, okay, um, I want this season to be the season we get promoted. I mean, you see it right now. Um, there are no fans in the stadium. We're not really sure there will be fans in the stadium in a way that we want it to be until next May or June. So I would say, well, I mean, nothing is really taking away that Bundesliga season for us in a way that it didn't happen but of course it would I mean I haven't been to a Bundesliga game in 11 years wow. <laughs> so uh, that's that's kind of really really sad feeling in that matter but um, yeah it's it's always a should have would have could be and um, I think that doesn't really help um, we do have to take the situation as it is right now of course I would have loved to celebrate the promotion um, then we said we're going to celebrate uh, if we stay in the league but if you look at the numbers right now you're not really yeah. sure that won't even happen so yeah at the moment emotions uh, only do really come up if it's For example, Fabian Klose scoring his first Bundesliga goal. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Matthew, I mean, this is going to be a really difficult question for you to answer, and I don't know how long it's going to take you to answer. But just what what's what's happening at Schalke just now? What's what's going? What's what is going wrong? And are you going to turn into Hamburg? Oh, well, this has been festering for at least a few years now, and um, it's really come to a head. I would say the start of this calendar year is where you started to really question if the appointment of David Wagner was the right one after um, we've had Dominika Tedescu and then uh, uh, the reincarnation of Hoop Stevens, which was uh, some sort of experiment. Um, never again. For, for his sake, I feel like it, it was causing him more health health issues than, uh, than us, but... Yep. Yeah, and then I think I think the um, everything is kind of sort of accelerated into this sort of mush of mediocrity with the signing of Joachim Schneider, who was touted as this kind of he's going to put us in the right direction, things are going to happen, you know, the Schalke of old are going to come back, and he has really been the opposite. It has not only been a really bad appointment, but it, what is clear now is that he's holding. Um, the club at, at some sort of ransom to the point where you have someone like Ralph Ragnick who is really interested and wants to come back to Schalke and he won't actually bring him in because he knows that he'll have to give up some sort of power 
to let Schalke be better. And the fact that he's unwilling to make the club better is a massive problem because now you have a situation where you haven't won since January in the Bundesliga. You've only won twice competitively all season um, after you beat fourth division Schweinfurt 4-1 in the cup. And it really just spells of a, of a team that has no identity. The players are clearly in a mental state of just disrepair. And you look at players who have left the club uh, over the last couple of years, and you can tell that they are in a better situation. Immediately, the, the, the feeling around the clubs are a lot better. It's a massive problem. And, you know, at the start of the season, I think there was realistic expectations that, it would be bottom nine. It would be in the bottom half of the table. But I think real Schalke fans knew that the bottom three was a serious consideration. And and as we've seen, like it's been uh, nothing more than you know catastrophic how bad Schalke have been. Um, the fact that they gave David Wagner the start of the season made absolutely no sense whatsoever. When you consider Tedesco had lost like four consecutive games and he was sacked. Uh, Wagner went 15, 16 games without a win. And they're like, yep, everything's fine. Chucked Manuel Baum to the Wolves, basically. Just fix it. Doesn't really matter how you do it. Just just change something. And while there's been very small progress, um, it's really not enough to suggest that in the long run that Schalke will survive. I'm really sorry I had to put you through that, answering that question, because it's probably been really tough for you for the past few while. <laughs> but uh, just, just to add on that, you know, with do you think one of the worst, like for me, one of the, the, the worst things that could have happened was the, like just to the start of the month or just the end of November when they were like suspending players, you know, things with Harry. Um, like, is that just, did that just um, prove that something definitely, like for those who didn't know Schalke well enough, that this was, that something was definitely wrong in the club, that, these things were coming out to the, the public. Yeah. I mean, that situation in the dressing room against Wolfsburg where Harry was subbed at half time and there's, there's interfighting in the dressing room really says everything you need to know about the situation with Schalke. It's clearly a team that at board level and at player level, there is a massive disharmony. And what you get is this players who clearly don't want to play for the club or you have situations where, they are clearly targeting particular players. You look at Nabil Mentaleb, for example, um, and things were going okay when he first came. Um, but really, things have been magnified, especially under Wagner. He was basically outcast, um, sent away to Newcastle on loan. And the, the weird thing is, is a lot of these players they sent on loan were starting on match day one. Why on earth are you starting Sebastian Rudy? when you don't want him and the fans didn't want him there in the first place. Um, Mark, who, who I sincerely hope he's recovering very well, didn't make sense for him to start on match day one. So, and then you have Ben Slebi, all these players that you, you clearly discarded at the start of the season. Ralph Fairman's another one. You, you start them. It doesn't make any sense. And it shows everything that was wrong with Schalke to start the season. And it is probably not as surprising that they're in this situation right now. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 start, I just want to say sorry again, because like it's it's hot, it must be horrible talking about the, your club in such a way, uh, because like the, you wait, it's, when you think of Schalke, you don't think of them in this mess. Like Schalke, what, 10 years ago, when they were Champions League, did really well. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a shame to see where they were. And I, I mean, 
I've got no affinity to Schalke. You know, I, I, just, I make it quite obvious I'm an FC fan. But watching the game against Augsburg, I was... I was on the edge of my seat. I felt so sorry when that last goal went in for Augsburg so late on. And then when they nearly went and scored a third, like right to the death as well. I mean, it's just, it's kind of, you start to feel sorry for them in a way as well. So, I mean, I mean, Ronan, as a neutral um, in this, um, what's what's your kind of thoughts on the game coming up and uh, what the guys have just said about the clubs? It's, it's, it's not going great this season. Yeah, it's obviously a big one uh, coming up, but. Going back to the game at the weekend, I think if Schalke did hold on for that victory, it would have been a massive boost for them. You could tell, I mean, it should be a given anyway, but you could tell how much the players were fighting at the weekend and how much it clearly meant. I mean, I think that's one thing their fans have called out for. I think I remember some sort of protest or something along those lines before the Dortmund game where the fans came out and said, I understand you're basically up against it, but as long as you go out and give it what you've got then we can accept that but I think they definitely gave that at the weekend I mean that was probably best I've seen them for a while um obviously we saw them be good like in small spells and then I don't know they seem to just go through a period where they just kind of completely fall out the game but at the weekend they managed to stay in it for longer periods and thought they were going to hold on at the end but then almost lost it when Farman made a unbelievable save right at the death to save them a point where it really should have been all three. Looking ahead to the game at the weekend, um, I mean, we'll start with you from the Armenia side. What, are, like, is this a, is, is it even this early in the season, is it a kind of do or die for Armenia? Like, do you need to win this game to, to make sure you're not going to be near the bottom two? Yeah, first of all, no team wants to be the first team that loses against Chaika. I'm very sorry about you. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, uh, this is a very important week for Armenia. I mean, they lost to Freiburg on the weekend. They're playing Augsburg midweek. So very important fixture as well. And then, of course, it's Schalke. And I think they do want to go into this uh, into the winter break. You can't really call it a break. Uh, but um, with not only two wins, one draw, that's and then a lot of defeats. Um, that wouldn't be very nice. And I mean, I do think they have the quality to win that game, but the problem is they kind of, you kind of had the feeling they went out of this phase where they didn't even create chances to score um, against Leipzig. I mean, they did play well against them. And then of course against Mainz, but against Freiburg, you were back to those really, really dark days. Um, and they have to, yeah, definitely improve that again against uh, Augsburg as well as against Schalke. I mean, the problem is that we're missing a lot of players. I mean, key players like Amos Pipa, probably Mano Pritel are missing. Then, of course, um, one guy that we got on loan, Anna Maya, did only play two uh, times of 45 minutes. Uh, not really what both sides expected of him. And then, um, yeah, we're going to this week without any other uh, central defender because Behrend is out as well as Pieper. So we only have Van der Horn and um, Nilsson. And although especially Nielsen knows the team. Um, Van der Horn might be good for the um, for offensive situations as well. 
they haven't played together that much this season. And um, I do think Pipa is a bit stronger than Nielsen, although he did make that couple of mistakes against uh, Leipzig. But yeah, it doesn't really make it easier if you don't have... I mean, we already have a smaller squad than, for example, Schalke does. I mean, it doesn't matter how less it looks like it at the moment. Schalke does have the better squad than Armenia does. Yeah. So, and, and you could see on the weekend that they have the quality. I mean, there are a couple of players at Schalke who aren't really in the best form. I mean, for example, I think Suetera isn't playing his best season at the moment, but there are a couple of other players who do have the quality. And um, I mean, Rama, we, we know that because we played Schalke last season in the DFB Pokal. Um, and my only hope is kind of been that we met, nearly managed to win or at least draw, um, put that in extended time than where Schalke were much better. <laughs> but um, yeah, the problem is you can't really copy a one-on-one. So um, I can't really say a lot about the game. I think it's going to be a very tough one. Not the game I would <laughs> say, go watch that on Saturday. It's going <laughs> to be fun. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, I would. I'd, I'd tell anyone to go. I think it'd be a, just because of the way both teams have kind of went. And I mean, I think every, I mean, me and Ronan are saying this, like every Schalke game is really viewable at the moment just because it's entertaining in one way or the other. <laughs> so like, maybe, <laughs> sorry, Matthew. <laughs> but like, it's it like, it's entertaining one way or the other. So you, you're good. I, I would I would tell anyone to go watch. I think it's going to be, a, maybe not, I don't want to say it's going to be a great game, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. It's one of the games I've been looking forward to all season. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I, I like, I like I like watching the I don't know I like watching the teams that are always at the bottom. This is why I always support teams that are at the bottom of the leagues. It just makes sense. Uh, but Matthew, I'll bring you in from a Schalke perspective for Saturday's game. Um, I probably same question: Is it is it do or die? Like do, Schalke need to they need to get a win? And is this your best opportunity, or you've been saying that for a few weeks now? Every week you you take it with a grain of salt and just hope that. You know, this is going to be the week that we don't go one game closer to equaling and then bettering the record of Tasmania Berlin. They wouldn't like um, that. I wouldn't like it. I don't feel like they would like it either because that's part of the myth of the club is yeah. the fact that they were historically that bad and they gave up 108 goals in the 65-66 season. But um, yeah, I think it is probably our best chance that we've had. I think Augsburg was an opportunity. I think Freiburg, you know, are an opportunity. I don't think we'll beat them uh, tomorrow uh, tomorrow night. But yeah, it's, it's. I think every game for the rest of the season for Schalke is, is a damage limitation. We have to win the games that we think we can win. So that's beating teams like Bielefeld, Mainz, Köln, which won't happen. So um because we always play bad against Kuln. So yeah. there, there are a lot of there are games, teams that are in that bottom six, we have to take points from if we're going to have any chance of surviving. Um, and yeah, we're just going to have to, the, the last two games, you want to at least say, take four points from and be like, okay, we've got the building blocks. We've closed the gap to those teams above us. Now we've got to try and make a push. So it, it's a massive game. And I, th- and I think that's the way they've got to view it is that we need to extract the most we can with what we have to try and get out of this bottom three. 
Yep, definitely. Ronan, from a neutral, what are you thinking for Saturday's game? Are you excited to see it, or is it just me that's the only person in the world that's excited to watch this game? Uh, I think it might just be you, because I think looking at both teams, they've struggled going forward. I mean, there are two lowest scoring sides in the division with just eight goals, so I have a feeling it could be quite a low scoring and probably quite a tense game. Um, but looking at Bielefeld, obviously... I mean, these are the types of games they need to be picking up results in if they want to stay in the division. And these are the games where they've actually done well. And, you know, their wins have been at home to Köln and at home to Mainz. They've been their two wins. So they are winning the games where they really need to kind of stand up and be counted in. So they have done that um, so far. So this is another one for them. But um, I don't know what you think, Eva, but me and Roy have said before on the podcast that Possibly one of the biggest downsides for Bielefeld is they lack that kind of that player who you think they're going to score double figures to keep them in the division. Because when you look at like Mainz, they have Mateta, you know, Bremen have got full Krug. You know, they, I think that's maybe one thing that Bielefeld can't rely on that someone's going to pop up with those goals. Although I think we've been pretty impressed by Ritsu Doan, who's been pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could see that with looking at the players that have scored until now for Bielefeld. I mean, it's a very weird mixture of people like Prietel, uh, but then of course Fabian Klos got one goal, Zuku did get one goal, he doesn't really play a lot anymore, Edmondson doesn't really play a huge role, so I think that's normally you would say in in the Zweite Bundesliga actually that this is a good quality if you have a huge amount of players that can score goals but in the Bundesliga you can see that um, you really need one player that can go forward I mean for for Bayern it's uh, Lewandowski for Dortmund it's obviously Haaland um, although Guerrero tries to kind of run that off him um, I mean Leipzig difficult to say that probably Angelino but um yeah, you always have that one player that everyone relies on. And even if the rest of the team has a bad day, he kind of finds ways to score. And normally that would be Fabian Klaus. But of course, you can't compare Fabian Klaus to a Mateta or um, a Lewandowski or in Haaland because he isn't that fast. Um he he does. He is a good striker, especially in the Zweite Liga. But there um yeah some differences I mean you could see that this one goal against Leipzig did really push the rest of the team but I mean um, I think the thing is that people like uh, Sergio Cordova who um, is on loan from Augsburg isn't really um, developing as maybe he wants it as Uwe Neuhaus wants it also as Armenia in general wants it so they kind of hope that he could be like a um, co-striker for Klaus that they could work together. But if you look at the games until now, it's more like um, Klaus is kind of trying to get all the balls in, in their opponent's half. Um, he does win a lot of aerial duels, but then um, they that's kind of the end because there's nobody there who can really convert these chances into goals and yeah definitely would agree with you guys uh, that's one of the biggest problems at the moment yeah 
I mean, it's kind of the same for the Schalke Matthew as well because I mean, was it Raman was the first person to go over to to score two goals and at uh, the weekend, you know that for a team we've got like they compared to I mean, I mean they do actually have some good attacking quality players. Um, is that maybe just the, I mean, and there's so many downfalls, but is that like maybe your biggest downfall that you just aren't you just not finding the target? Yeah, it's almost the classic case where you need some a striker to stand up and they all happen to be out of form. And that's kind of where it's been for Schalke for quite some time where, you know, <clears throat> we will sign a striker from another Bundesliga side or just typically Nuremberg because that's our happy hunting ground. Um, and they just immediately turn to mush. They go somewhere else and they become really good. I think Markut as a kind of a general in, the, in recent terms, was great in that last season he had at Hoffenheim, came to Schalke and it was just flat. Nothing really was happening and he really struggled to get that first goal in Royal Blue. Um, then he went to Köln and he was good in the initials phases. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a case of, you know, strikers really being up, unable to get it going. And I think a lot of that has to do with the environment at Schalke at the moment where it's just, there's no real system to get the ball into the attacking third. And I think, I think the game against Augsburg actually showed what Schalke could do when they were willing to go forward. Um, you just wish that when they took the two, one, they didn't sit back. They tried to get the third and, and put the game to bed. And that ended up being detrimental. So they've got the players, they've got the likes of Rahman, Uds. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of Kutachu recently. They had Rabbi Matondo, who I don't think will be at Schalke at the winter stage, I think they'll eventually loan him out probably somewhere in England. Um, so there is quality there. It's just really getting the best out of it. Also, Steven Skripsky, I forgot about him, but there's, there's players there. It's just getting it to work. Yeah. And another one's probably that I think coming into this season, um, a lot of people were kind of thinking Kabak would be someone you'd rely on defence. Mm. And then obviously had the suspension and then he's just not really picked up a- any sort of form. Um, so do you think that's maybe another because you maybe look to rely on him and then you're having to bring in youngsters to kind of compensate what he hasn't brought to the squad yeah he he's had a horrible season he was last season for for a, to the extent but yeah this season he's really really struggled and then they had that incident where he spat on a, an opposing player and that really doesn't do any sort of favors, especially when you're a team that is struggling to to win games. And he's in theory the centerpiece of that defense. Um, so, and when you and when you're lean in central defense and you're playing someone like Bonjamin Stambouli, who is not a defense center back, doesn't matter if they're playing three at the back, doesn't matter if it's four at the back, he's just not a center back. So you just watch him just struggle. And just constantly get exploited, um, so that's it's, it's really disappointing for him because we know how much talent he has. He he showed that at Stuttgart and especially in the early phases at Schalke that he could be the next guy um, that Bayern tries to poach from us for thirty million euros. Um, so that's so it's really disappointing that he hasn't been able to get it going. And perhaps something he needs to look at internally is just be. You know, re- hit the reset button. Think over the Christmas, the short one-week Christmas break, and just try and get it back together because we know he can play. He's a very, very good player on his day. Definitely. Um, so, right, we'll, we'll finish up the Armenia Schalke with 
uh, like maybe what you think is going to happen the week. What's your kind of prediction drawing as a neutral? We'll start with you. Score. What's the score going to be on Saturday? Do you think? Do you think it's, what what team's going to nick it, or do you think it's going to be zero zero? See, I don't want to sit in the fence, but I think it'll be one one. But I don't know. One one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick that's, with one. I'm um, confident from you that they're both going to get a goal. <laughs> 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 but yeah, but apologies, no, no offense offended to anyone uh, there, but uh, so you're going for one each, mate. Yeah, one one, Matthew. Go you next. Are Schalke going to do it? Are, are you going to come out and say it? And Schalke are going to do it? No, nah, we're going to lose. Right. It'll be it'll it'll be two one, two one, Bielefeld, yeah. And Ava, are uh, Bielefeld going to? Get the important three points and keep Schalke and Matthew and feeling a bit miserable for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say 2 1 as well because I don't think if Amina wins, they're going to keep a clean sheet. Um, so, yeah, if it's possible, I say 2 1 as well. <laughs> no, because that's what I was going to say. I was going to say 2 1 Amina. So that's three against one. <laughs> you know, 2 1 Amina. And as Ronan sitting on the fence as usual, you know, just one of the teams. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, for me, I think, I don't know, it's just, I think that they maybe Schalke put far too much into the game on Sunday and then obviously playing midweek and then it might be just that tiny bit too much for them with low in confidence and especially going from a, the high of we're going to actually win a game to, uh, oh, that's a draw. Oh, we, we're so close to just losing it. So I think that it depends on the midweek result and obviously this is going out after it so we don't know. We, they could have won. They could have had, they could have already won before we're talking about this but I'm going to go for Armenia as well. Um, so I, I, I still think it's going to be a good game. I know you get the three viewers aren't too excited about it but I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. It's going to be an absolute cracker at the developments for me. Um, if we run through quickly the, the, the other games coming up because um, we briefly spoke about the English week in our previous one Um See if we go through the games really quickly in the same order. Union Dortmund, Ronan, give us a quick prediction for that. I might go for a draw as well. We've got the Dortmund game on just now, and Bremen have been been all right. And Union are one 0 up away at Stuttgart as we talk right now. So, I mean, I like Union as well. I don't see why they can't, you know, keep pushing on. They've got a great result against Bayern Munich at the weekend as well. So, who's to say they can't can't keep pushing on? Fair. Uh, Matthew, I'll give you Gladbach Hoffenheim. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, that's a, that's actually a tasty fixture because I think yeah. Hoffenheim under Sebastian Hernes has been quite good. He's been a very, very good appointment for them. But I do like Gladbach. Uh, as we were talking um, in this episode, we we noticed that last Stindl scored a Hattie and uh, two of those goals coming in stoppage time uh, against Eintracht Frankfurt. I do like Gladbach in this game. I'm thinking maybe a 3-1... Uh, for the hosts. Okay. Uh, Ava, I'll go with Mainz Bremen for you. Or Ronan's Bremen going to pick something up there? Yeah, I do think so. I'm a bit... Um, Bremen irritates me a bit this season <laughs> because I don't really know what to make out of them. But um, if you see Mainz this season, especially the last two games against Armenia and um, um, against Köln, um, if you have someone like Matita not really using his chances to score, um, I think Prem is going to win that. And as Ronan said, they uh, do show a good performance against um, Dortmund so far. So I will say, uh, I don't know, 2-0 win for Prem. 
Okay, Ronan, Augsburg, Frankfurt. Um, I'll probably go with Frankfurt for them. To, I mean, they've been going through a wee bit of a sticky patch. I don't think they've really kicked on as they would have hoped for, and that was probably a bit of a sucker punch before conceding twice late on, although they did go down to 10 men um, against Gladbach. But, yeah, I fancy them to turn it down. Dodgy Silva with two goals and an assist. You know, Kostic is getting back towards full fitness. Um, Kamada came off the bench. So, yeah, I fancy them to, to turn things around at the weekend. Okay, uh, Matthew, I'll let you get this one. So since I basically had a bit of a goat shell call day, you can have Erby Leipzig kill. Um, <laughs> you can say it's going to be 6 0 if you want. <laughs> well, with um, Marcus Gustol at the helm, anything could really happen. Um, yeah, but <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Leipzig probably 4 0. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to see Kern with that defense um, and with that coach. Uh, against a, a team that is does who are very tactically flexible, um, and you know they've got multiple players who can bang in the goal. So yeah, I hate to say it, but it's going to oh, be no. probably Leipzig. I mean, totally comfortably. Yeah, but history has shown that every time that I have picked a big result, um, a way a big defeat for Köln, they've actually went one. So Köln may actually win now just after that. But um, I think I sent six nil to Dortmund and then obviously went and beat them. But so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, okay, Eva. Moving into Saturday, Leverkusen, Bayern. You get you get the big one. Like, that's, that's yeah, big... yeah. And so the thing is, I'm not very impressed by Leverkusen so far. I mean, they do pick up points, and it's probably the difference between them and Dortmund hmm. because they pick up points even in games where they aren't really good. Hmm. But um, yeah, then you then you have a. Bayern mentioned at the moment who isn't really at their best, um, but they still have a Lewandowski. Um, so I actually think it's going to be quite a tight game. I'm saying 3 3. Oof, that's a good one. Big result there. But I, I, I kind of want to know your guys' opinions on that as well. So just, Ronan, quickly, what's your Leverkusen Bayern? You know, it's a top of the table clash, if, depending on how the midweek games go. Yeah, I mean, I want to see Leverkusen. Win it just to kind of make things more interesting, kind of you know spice things up a bit in the league, so Bayern don't end up running away with it again. Um, so yeah, I'll go with Leverkusen to nick it, just because that's what I want to happen. <laughs> Probably it's not what's going to happen, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how all predictions work. Uh, Matthew, yeah. can Leverkusen still be unbeaten? Because obviously they're playing Köln during the week, um, so I'm assuming they're going to either draw or pick something up there, um, and then they've got Bayern. Can they be unbeaten going into January? No, 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 no. It'll be Bayern that win, and, and the evil empire will once again reign supreme over the Bundesliga. It's really, it's really hard to like. Leverkusen have been, you know, they've got the, they've got some really good players on their list, and you know, Peter Bosch has shown, uh, if you exclude his still uh, spell at um, Dortmund, that you know he's a really good fit for that team and the way they want to play. But yeah, it. <clears throat> Is Bayern in the end? It's FC Hollywood, so I would say Bayern probably <clears throat> three goals to one. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to go for Bayern as well, which I'm not going to be as optimistic as Ronan, uh, but probably go for Bayern as well then. Um, and then just quickly, um, I think we got back to Ronan Freiburg Hertha. Um, 
Freiburg finally like <laughs> are back again after us. We've we've kind of talking every time we've spoken about them. They've, it's been disappointing. They've not done anything. They're actually winning games now. So think they can do it again. Yeah, I think they're kind of key players have started to kind of find a bit of form, like Gunter and Grifo especially, who've done well. Um, but Hertha them at home tonight against mine still nil nil. Not really done much. Just looking at the stats, they've dominated the ball, but not really had any shots on goal. So. Don't know, maybe fancy Freiburg at home, but cause both sides, I mean, especially Hertha, have been a wee bit disappointing in terms of what a lot of people expected at the start of the season. They've not really shown much to change that, especially, well, half time. It could have changed in the second half, but at the moment, um, I'll say Freiburg. Right. And then, Ava, you can have the last one, which I think, apart from the Leverkusen Bayern, and I mean, there's actually quite a few really big games this weekend, so it's hard to say what's going to be the biggest game of the weekend. But I think Wolfsburg-Stuttgart could be a really interesting game. Just two teams that are not, not losing many games. Yeah. Um, Wolfsburg, <laughs> quite similar to Leverkusen, haven't yeah. really yeah. been quite happy with their performance. Um, I don't know. I mean, they have so much chances in the game and they lose. Uh, they use only like 10% of them. So as a Wolfsburg fan, I would be very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Stuttgart is a really, really good team um, as much as it pains me to say that. Um, I mean, especially with with Zilas and Koulibaly, um, they have two players that, and Endo, for example, they have three players that have been extraordinary this season so far. But it's always very difficult to say who is going to start in, in an English week. Um, so, um, I, tricky, tricky. Um, I'm going to say it's going, it will have a lot of goals this game. Um, and I actually will go with the same result I did say again, uh, for the Bayern Leverkusen game. I go into with a 3 3. Lots of goals, lots of goals coming this weekend. Yeah, um, so we used to obviously being kind of experts in the Schweizer Liga. Obviously, it's been again such a competitive division already so far this season. Um, at the moment, Hamburg's sitting top, but obviously, Hoss and Kiel have kind of been a would you say they've been a surprise package or did you expect them to be up there? Obviously, they have a game in hand tomorrow. Probably quite a tough game against Nuremberg, who are obviously a big club. Um, so, yeah, how surprised have you been with hosting Kiel and what have you just made of the division so far? So, uh, concerning Kiel, they do surprise me a bit in a way that I... Uh, well, I did like what uh, Oliverna did with them last season... Um, and I did expect them to kind of be in the top five or top seven. Um, but they do surprise me a bit in a way that I would have said that, for example, Düsseldorf would perform better as well as um, Hamburg, although they're top of the league again. But uh, there are a couple of teams I would have said would be above them just from the individual class. Uh, I mean, I did say New uh, Hannover would be a side I would um, put into this whole promotion battle. And of course, it's Sveta Liga, so they don't really prove me right. <laughs> did that for the third year in a row now. Um, so yeah, they do surprise me 
a bit in a way that they're top of the league, but I'm not surprised on what they can do with their team, especially with players like Jason Lee and Finn Bartels. You have two players who have been extraordinary this season. I mean, Finn Bartels coming back to Kiel uh, has been a very good signing for them and he proves... Um, Yeah, people wrong with that. He's too old to play Zweite Liga. I mean, um, if you just look at the goals he scores, um, he proves people wrong. Just see if you had to think of, even just from this season, like players that are just performing well this season, is there any players you think that are like, wants to look out for the future that could make that step up into the Bundesliga that maybe have started to show it this season? It's a very, very good question because a lot of... Um, I think I think Eva mentioned Lee Jae Sung, who's someone that has been on Hamburg's radar for quite a long time, um, and someone who would be an, a very good player in the Bundesliga. Um, actually, someone I think that would play quite well at Schalke because they do need a, a player who can be not only creative in midfield, but can also play as a false nine or even as the lone striker, which you'll see Kiel do quite a bit when they play a 4-5-1. Um, he's the one guy I like. I mean, Amel Bella Kotschap is someone that we know Dortmund were very interested in, especially after that mega cup performance against Bayern Munich. He came, he didn't start the season, but he's played the last few games and he's been very, very good. I thought he was good um, on the weekend. Um, so... They're probably the two players that I would say that there are a number of really, really good Spider Bundesliga players who could make the step up. Um, you know, it's just where they're a question of whether they're equipped and if they go to a team that could really help cater to what they bring to the table. I think, um, you know, Groydefer have a couple of good players that really uh, good young players like Jamie Luvling is someone that we should keep an eye on. I think he's someone that a team in the Bundesliga will be looking at. He's very, very exciting. He's quick, um, very good on the ball. And I think probably those three players for me immediately come to mind. But, you know, as well as, say, Robin Huck at, uh, at Nürnberg. But, yeah, I'd say they're the ones that I would be, if I was a team looking to bring in some either, either additional depth or someone who could make a meaningful contribution, it'd be those four. You got anyone else you want to add there, Eva, that you think? Or you can add similar ingredients to that? Well, I would add, for example, Sebastian Kerk, uh, who's playing a very good season at uh, Osnabrück so far. Um, and I mean, then I would fully agree with Amnibella Kotchap. I mean, you could see that he was really missing from Bochum's side today against uh, Hannover. Um, although he's that young, you could really see how much of an impact he does do on that team. Um, yeah, otherwise, there are a couple of players you, you could look out for, but just for Spider Bundesliga at the moment, um, that are, I mean, Julian Green has proven that he's a really good Spider Bundesliga player. I mean, Hugota, who plays at Fürth as well, he did play for Frankfurt. So there are a couple of players that have been in the in the Bundesliga, didn't really work out there. I mean, Simon Terodde is probably the best example for that. Uh, but you, you do have a couple of, I mean, even goalkeepers, although uh, Freisel for Sandhausen isn't playing a lot at the moment, but he's a really good goalkeeper, in my opinion, for example. So you do have a couple of players that always show up on the radar. 
Um, but as Matthew said, the question is really if you find a team where they work in as well as they do in the team they are at at the moment. Definitely. And I'm going to jump in because you mentioned his name. I mean, as Simon Taroda, this Vitaliga football got, like he is, like as a Kiln fan, as the, like my first my first uh, goal at the Ryan Energy Stadium was scored by Taroda. I've just got this affinity with Taroda and, you know, he scored another brace again tonight. Is he like... The best striker that his right league has ever seen, maybe barring Fabian Close, you know, just kind of bit of both. What, what would you guys say? I'm just always very glad if Zivan Torrore and Amina Bilyefe don't play in the same league <laughs> because he always finds a way to score against us, no matter if he plays for Köln, if he plays for Stuttgart, if he plays for Bochum, he always scores. <laughs> so that was my best transfer news this summer when it was official that Simon Terone is going to high as well. That was my happy moment. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that is crazy, Matthew. Like, um, I mean, I think he scored three goals last season for Köln. Um, and look at him, like, he scored, in, he scored I, I mean, is that six braces he scored this season now after... Uh, scoring another, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like, is like, is some players just find a level, you know? Lewandowski's the the Bundesliga guy. Terodas is vital league Bundesliga guy, so it works. It, it's it's almost the classic case of being he's too good for the Spider Bundesliga, but he's not good enough for the Bundesliga, yeah. and he's in that unfortunate middle part where you know that he may contribute maybe five goals in a league campaign in the Bundesliga, but you put him in the Spider Bundesliga team with you know, fair amount of quality and he's going to get you at least 20 goals and he's on 13 at the mm. moment. So he's on track for at least 30, which is if I, which I think he's done once or he came close to, I think he had, no, he had 29 the last time he was in the side of Bundesliga with Kern and he's yeah. had two times where he got 25 Stuttgart and Bochum, which is incredible to do that with so many different teams, but he's, yeah, he's on his way for another bag of goals. And just he's, what he's doing is he, he's extending his goal-scoring record as he is the all-time leading Spider Bundesliga goal-scorer. So with tonight's result, obviously, uh, Greuther Firth, who are sitting towards the top of the table, third at the moment, losing 4-0 at home to Darmstadt, who are, I think, fourth bottom at the time. Does that kind of show how competitive the division is? And how like, evenly matched it is, basically, as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I remember writing with you. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> um, but yeah, as you said, that's basically how the Zweite Liga works. I mean, you can't really, that's the difficult thing. You can't predict any game. You can't. I mean, um, some people said that, um, I don't know, highest falls on toes will be a very close game just looking at last season and although Sandhausen isn't really in the best form at the moment um, Sandhausen has always always a game that could potentially screw up the Hamburg side um, and they won 4-0 so Hamburg did so um, it's always a bit weird and um, we always love when we talk about the games where we said okay that's that tie that side is definitely going to win and then they lose like 5-0 um, so yeah, and I was really surprised by that defeat because Fürth has been one of the teams that has been very, very good up front and very, very efficient. Um, and I mean, they have the quality. They do have Boyshad in the back who has been quite solid throughout the season. And um, But we said that before in our podcast, um, 
as soon as Saradusan starts scoring, it's very difficult for the opponents to put any, anything in his way. And uh, probably Darmstadt is always as good as um, Saradusan is equally uh, that Hamburg is always as good as uh, Simon Terodde is. So uh, you can maybe have two or three players where you can pinpoint it to, but still very surprising to score four goals against Fürth. Yeah. But do you say there's any disappointment? Because obviously, like you mentioned there, it's so competitive this league and it's you can't predict anything. But has anyone actually disappointed you so far this season? I mean, maybe looking at St. Pauli, because I, I thought they were going to... You can't predict anything back and I thought they would be a lot better off than they're doing at the moment with some of the options they brought in. Yeah, I mean, they are part of the disappointment. I would, I would say Hanover for me, as I was the one who put them league champions to start oh. the season. Um... They've been really, really poor. But they've been poor everywhere. Defensively, they've been very mediocre. And, they, and you know, there's so much that Genki Haraguchi can do. I think he's been their best player by an absolute country mile. Um, so the fact that they haven't been able to get service to Vidant and Dukes, and when they have, Dukes in particular has been very ineffective in, in the final third. So that that's probably the disappointing. I think St. Pauli is quite an interesting one where... They were on the precipice of being in that bottom three last season under Yosluhu Kai, but the difference was is they, despite how mundane and, and very laborious they played, they were still picking up that point here and there. Um, you know, St. Pauli prior to the weekend had lost four straight, and in all of those games, they've been relatively poor. Um, they were better, they were better against Erzgebirge Hour on the weekend. And we're probably a bit unlucky not to win, but they've got Würzburg tomorrow night, and that is the big game because if they do, if they fail to win, they will still be four points behind what will be Sandhausen and maybe Eintracht Braunschweig. Um, but if they, if Würzburg win, then obviously they equal on points, and it gets it will be a little bit difficult heading into Christmas. Yeah, and just with uh, on Würzburg, do you think that? The minute times have changed the manager just isn't going to help them get any consistency in the league at all this season. Yeah, I mean, with Felix Magat as the one deciding that, yeah. might be <laughs> that you kind of have the drama coming your way. Um, I mean, it's crazy if you if you fire your coach that just get you promoted in yeah. in a league where you wouldn't have been promoted if it wouldn't be that there is this rule that second teams can't be one league under the first so Bayern's um, second team couldn't get promoted um, and I mean with all the other clubs that have been or yeah we're challenging we're fighting for promotion as well that was kind of a surprise for many and um yeah, <laughs> I I was a bit surprised that they fired him after like two match days. And I mean, you have to give um, a coach that never has been coaching a team in the Svetliniga some time. It wasn't for me, at least. It was clear that it wouldn't work from day one, especially with the squad they have. And I mean, that's really something you could see even after they installed their third manager, that the squad isn't that good that they do rely a lot on for example Bauman um, on players like Arne Feig who isn't really a striker just to put all his um, 
experience on the pitch and then having players like Everton who do not make any sense to me at all getting him because he hasn't been a good player for for Hamburg for example mm. so it didn't really make sense for me um yeah and it's very tough I mean they are probably lucky that teams like St. Pauli like Braunschweig aren't really picking up points either or even Sandhausen I mean you look at Düsseldorf and you kind of surprised they weren't relegated earlier but um, yeah uh, it's going to be the tough season everyone predicted I mean a lot of people are comparing them to Vispa last season who did put up a fight from time to time But of all the clubs that have been promoted, they're probably not the side you would count in as the uh, one who can stay in. Yeah, it just like see you touching on the kind of coaches there and trainers. Like, is there any at the moment that you think will be able to make that jump up to a Bundesliga side? Because if you like taking from like an FC Köln bias for example, like by a lot had a great season at Regensburg. He went to Köln, didn't work out, went to Mainz, didn't work out. Is, is, maybe he just went to the wrong clubs and that's why it might be a bad example uh, for what it is. But is there any trainers you think that could make that jump up after having a successful season in this Vital League? I, I do like Stefan Leiter at, at Greta Fertz. I think, you know, he is one of the younger managers in in the league at the moment. And, you know, Greta Fertz is not a team that you specifically think will be in that top six. They're, you know, typically a very good mid-table side and what he's done in the last two and a half seasons is is turn them into a very good offensive team um, whilst remaining compact defensively they've got really good goalkeeping in Sasha Boykert who really is one of the unheralded heroes in, in the side of Bundesliga and you know he's rejuvenated the careers of Harvard Nielsen you know Brandon Mikhergerter who went from you know Gladbach to Frankfurt and just playing very rarely to not only being one of the stars of the team, but the club captain. So he's done that. He's got some good developing players. We mentioned Leuveling uh, as one to look out for. Um, And, you know, he's made them a much better side than they were uh, under previous management. So that I would say he's the one at the moment that sticks out. Uh, A lot of people might say Daniel Tiyun, but I guess he's kind of at a Bundesliga club just playing in the second tier in Hamburg. So I, I, I like Stefan Leiter as someone who could be a, a really good, solid Bundesliga manager. So we'll finish things up with how we, we always do it here on the German Football Podcast with a, a lovely wee quiz, um, which we what, what we like to do is not tell you what it's about uh, beforehand. But for this one, I felt like we had to tell you something because it's a brand new concept for us. Sort of stealing an idea that we've seen from uh, YouTuber Spencer Owen, but it's a, and we think it'll be quite an interesting looking things. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of guess the player situation. And this is all going off Wikipedia. So if it's wrong, it's not my fault that I've used Wikipedia for this. <laughs> if, the, if any of the, the, the stats are wrong. But what we're going to do is the three of you are going to guess players who have played. They have played in this Vital League, but they're currently playing in the Bundesliga at the moment. So each player has definitely played in this Vital League at some point in their career. Could have been for six months, could have been for 10 seasons. You don't know. Um, so we'll go. What what you can do is every guess you get, we'll we'll determine like how well you've done by how quickly you get it, and we'll give you a certain points, like three points if you get it really quickly. You get about the mid mark, we'll give you two, and if you get it at the end, we'll give you one. If you don't get it at all, you just get no points, obviously. Uh, but what what we'll do 
is you can ask for a lifeline if you're really struggling. The first one will be the, the national team he plays for. If he has the caps, we'll give you the caps or we'll just tell you what nationality is. So, Ava, you have um, chosen to go first. You volunteered uh, to go first. Uh, so we'll see how you got on here. Because uh, we're trying this out new as well. So you're, you're going to be the guinea pig for this as well. So. Yeah, I wanted to give Matthew at least one win this year. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, Ronan's not one and neither have I when we have a guest on. So you've got a very, very good chance of getting something here. Um, but we'll start things off with this player. So from, he started... From 2000, we'll, we'll skip the youth career. It's just his like professional career. Um, so 2006 to 2008, he was at Carl Zeiss Jena, and with Carl Zeiss Jena, he also played the second team at the start, and he's made 65 appearances and he scored 15 goals. Do you have any idea so far, or do you want to just go to the next line? Yeah, no, next one. <laughs> okay. So from 2009 to 2011, he has moved on to Energy Cottbus. And he's played 56 games, scoring 35 goals. So a bit of an up in the, the goal scoring um, ranking there. So Carl Zeiss Jena to Energy Cottbus. We're in 2011. So. Uh, what has have guess? You three guesses. I forgot to add, say that at the start. You've got three guesses. Um, you can have three guesses. So important to say well, all is, goals after Is Matthew had- allowed to... Uh, if he has an idea to that just can be your in. second lifeline. Your second lifeline. Can... <laughs> that's not if, you go, if you want to ask someone even... else, you can go for it. That's... I mean, that's not even a good lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that Matthew is better in those games than I am. Yeah. So that would be like an extra point for him, not for me. <laughs> yeah. So so let me think. Um, yeah. So he's. Uh, Probably like an East German player. Sorry, he so he comes from the east of Germany. We don't say East German. That's not cool. I, I don't um, want to give you hints, but yes, he does. <laughs> yes. yes. That's narrowed okay. it down. He must be around the end of his twenties, beginning of his thirties, and he plays Bundesliga. No, he does. Okay. No. Okay, that's that's tough. Um, would you like a next line or would you like to make a guess or would you like a lifeline is it no. okay is it Steven Skripsky no so you've lost, actually you lost a life you've got two lives left I'll give you the next line and I'm not going to lie I did not I didn't even think about this team when I, I thought of the player um, from 2011-2012 he played for Bayern München he for the first team, he made nine appearances and scored two goals. And for the second team, he made three appearances and two goals. Within this time. <laughs> that makes it really difficult for me. Like, I wouldn't have got this. You what? will get it. I think the you'll hell? get it the next one if that helps. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Got well, I mean... Munchen. Munchen is... Like it doesn't really make sense. The problem is that I at that time around I only watched like Dritte Liga football because my club sucked. My amateur was way out of my league. <laughs> like in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay, so remember you've still got life on your glass, Matthew. If he might I think he knows like just by looking at his face. <laughs> I don't have a clue. I honestly don't know. That Coppers to Munchen guy is... 
No idea. No idea, what to be honest. Are you thinking? Have you got any idea? Can you offer None. a link? <laughs> okay. Would you like to know his nationality? Or how many appearances he played for the national team, if he did? So, let me... Okay. Um, can, can I ask a question? I don't know if you can answer that. But, well, um... we've not made those rules up, so go for it. <laughs> we'll see if it makes a difference. Okay. Um, is he... because you said München and he has to be a striker and um, just because we played the club last weekend okay um, I remember that in some statistics I saw that isn't it Petersen it is well done right I'll give you I'll give you two points for that because you're near the end Uh, because we still obviously the next line would have been Veda Bremen uh, 69 yeah. appearances, 18 goals, and yeah, then I would have known. Yeah, 170 appearances and 80 goals. Well done. That was a very good guess. I, I and it's amazing you got it from Munchen because I didn't even think they played for Munchen. I do not remember that. Yeah, I just, I just remembered that. Um, that um, I heard. I think I heard it in another podcast that he was at Munchen at some stage, and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> it could be him. He has to be a bit older than like yeah. around his 20s. So yeah. you, you were you were worried at the start. You've actually done very well there. I'm going. I'll, I'll give you that. So you'll get two. You'll get two points. You'll go in the middle points for that because you didn't take any copper lifelines either. Um. So I think we'll go with you, Matthew, next. Um. Are you ready? Yeah, ready as I can be, as okay. I've got. So, this player started his career, professional career, in 2006 to 2009. He was at Vela Bremen, but he meant he spent most of his time originally in the second team, made 68 appearances and scored seven goals. Care to hazard a guess? Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going I'm to keep my guesses. I want to... I think the initial person I was thinking of, I just want to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to okay. wait on it. I want to hear more. Yep. Okay. So after that, he's made a move. He's went from 2009 to 2012. He's played for St. Pauli for 96 appearances and 22 goals. Oh, it's a current Bundesliga player as well. Oh, it's... Um... Oh, no way. No. It, it's, it's, it's not Max Cruiser, is it? Oof, fair play, well done. He's getting three points for that. <laughs> Ronan, you've got no chance, mate. They've, they've showed you up here. I'm busy now, bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so after that, he plays for Freiburg, went to München Gladbach, then Wolfsburg, Werder Bremen, Fenerbahce, and then Union Berlin, where he's impressed with nine, uh, back appearance, nine games, six goals. Blanket. I think he scored one six. Fantastic, Matthew, you're the, you're the king of this game already. Right. Uh, are you running I don't want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of doing another one because it went so well. But um, Ronan, are you are you ready to go? Yeah. I are you prepared? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I think this one's quite an easy one, but we'll see. obviously hard then. Okay, so it seems to be about a theme tonight. Um, this player started his career 2010-2012, playing for Energy Cottbus. Made 29 appearances and scored two goals. We all should have next line in Corpus the, the whole, all before this, but we would have got every player straight away. So, Energy Corpus, <laughs> 29 appearances and two goals for this player. What years was that? 2010 2012. Yeah, I'll go for the next line. Okay. 
from 2012-2013, made the move to Borussia Dortmund. He made five appearances for the first team, scoring one goal. Next line. 2013-2015, Hanover. 57 appearances, five goals. Oh. I would have got this one already, come on. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I think the next one's the biggest, the biggest clue, like, if you're thinking recent times, but uh, do, you, do you want to go for that? Yeah, I'll, I'll go for that then. What, just the next line? I yeah. feel like I should have made a penalty for, like, just keep going next line to the end, but we'll maybe <laughs> um, So for the next one, I think this could help you a wee bit. For 2015-2018, he plays for FC Kiln, 67 appearances and 11 goals. 2018. Till 2018. So, I think Ava's got it. She looked excited there. Actually, does it look like he's got it? Oh, not a clue. I know it. It's that it. small midfielder, isn't he? What's his name? I don't want to differentiate him on his height, but I think he is quite small, yes. <laughs> Are you going for a guess? You've got three, remember? Three. You've got three and there's only two lines left, so I am in hazard the guess now. If you want to be a, you want to have a point, like you'll, you've lost anyway, because Matthew's got three, Ava's got two. You're only going to get I two. I know it, it's the, the attacking mid, he's an attacking midfielder, isn't he? Potentially. Because <laughs> I remember he had a good silver card in FIFA and I had it. <laughs> all, all, all stats come from FIFA. <laughs> That's how we do it. Um, if you go to the next line, it's going to help, but it probably won't if you think you know who it is. See, I think I know who it is already. Tell me then. I can't wait to your tongue. <laughs> do you want any clues? <laughs> Can I, give you any I can give you a clue. A very good one. I don't like him this season. <laughs> basically, if you were listening earlier, running you. Basically, because of match day three. <laughs> yeah. mm. That helped you in any way? Ben Court. Well done. Told you he was a small attacking midfielder. I knew it. Yeah, but I wanted his name, not his position and his height. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll give you. Mm, I'll give you two because it's just in the middle. Like if you think about how many teams you played for, so I'm going to just give you two, just like that. I mean, so you've drawn level. Um, not bad. I mean, do you want to do another one? This is well, how gender equality yeah. inequality looks like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had two left on yours, and he had two left on his. So I'm giving them the same points, technically. Technically. Do you want to go for another? I've got another three if you want to go for it again, because that was quite good. Yeah, it Why doesn't get worse just, then. Who butts in first gets it, like we can all get it. Oh, do you want to do one more? Do you want to do one more? And whoever jumps in and gets it wins the whole thing. Yeah, give Matthew yeah. the points. <laughs> I just want one win this season. Come on. Nah, it's all right. Let's go. Let's, let's right. do it. Okay, so what we're going to do now is, because everyone's done so well, even though Matthew won, technically, we'll give Matthew the crown for the first round. What we're going to do for yes. the second round, well done, Matthew. Um, that's, that means that we are still 
not won a, a quiz against any um, guest so far, so I don't know what that says about us, Ronan. We kind of need, I think we need to brush up on the knowledge a wee bit more, <laughs> clearly. Um, so what we're going to do for the next round, everyone's going to have a chance to jump in. You can still, there's no lifelines because of three of you. There's no conferring. You ha- you're in it to win it. So you've got to go for it. We're going to start off from 2012, 2015. He was at Hoffenheim. He played 21 appearances for the second team, nine, goal, nine goals. And for the first team, he made 12 appearances. Any guesses? Very high scoring goalkeeper. You are for the second team. You are very wrong. <laughs> Oliver Bowman <laughs> managed to score lots of goals apparently um, would, you, would we go on to the next one does anyone want to hazard a quick guess you've still got three guesses back to three mm, no next, nope. one. next line he spent a, um, maybe six months on loan at Dynamo Dresden just as 2014 so 13 appearances and one goal at Dynamo Dresden 2014 that doesn't help at all does it no no <laughs> Uh, the next one's not going to help either. Um, he also had a loan spell from 2014-15 season, playing 33 games and seven goals for FS Bau Frankfurt. Ooh. Ava and Matthew have mode, both made faces like they think of someone. Ronan's not made any face at all. <laughs> He's just in blanks there. <laughs> <laughs> Are we hazarding any guesses? Would you like to know any, you know, any oh. I feel like if I give you, if I give you the lifeline, you'd know it straight away. So I don't really want to. Next line. Yeah, I got an idea. From 2015, 2017, he made 61 appearances with 20 goals for SC Freiburg. Is it three four? Well done, Ava Lins. <laughs> So after that, Bruce Vincent Gladbach for 17 appearances, went back to Hoffenheim and then went back to Freiburg. It was Vincenzo Grifo. I'm trying to pick players who are kind of in form at the moment as well. Not that Peterson's been in form at all, but... Yeah, you like, always choose players that have scored against Bielefeld. That was, I do not <laughs> like that. To be fair, when I, when I told you guys before, I did say everyone, every player played, I get for one of the teams we all support, and actually none of them played for Bielefeld. So I totally lied at the start there. He <laughs> <laughs> played really well against Bielefeld. <laughs> but excellent. So um, that, I think that was quite successful, guys. I mean, Matthew won the first round, Ava won the second round, Ronan. We'll get won nothing, it. as usual. We're going to stop and guests on the podcast because we're not doing very well. We're going to, need to do a couple of just us. <laughs> I mean, we're just going to do for the next wee bit. But that was cool. So, guys, I mean, it was great having you on. Good to have this kind of wee crossover and hopefully we'll get another couple of these in and we can maybe speak a bit more Zweitliga, a bit more Bundesliga, see how things go. And you are also, I've just realised, you're also the first non-Scottish guests. So that that's something in, in itself. <laughs> you should be credit on that. No. Very uh, international. Exactly, <laughs> Going global. This chat. It's, 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 it's crazy to me. But so for us, me and Ronan, we're going to be, I mean, do we say we're off next week? Because we're not going to do, put one out over Christmas just by the timings of when we put ours out. We don't want to put a podcast out on Christmas Day. That would make sense. Um, so we're going to take the week off. And then afterwards, we'll come back for January. And once the break, I mean, it's not really a break this year. Uh, but once the break's back up and running, we'll be back sorted. But Big thanks to Matthew and Ava for joining us. Um, it was a good one, good fun at the end of the quiz. Um, and 
Have a nice Christmas, everyone, and we'll see you guys later. Scotland have bounced back again here, yet again.